Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. We are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On June 27, 2022, we talked with Hannah Murphy, a graduate student at the University of Minnesota. She received her Bachelor's of Science at Minnesota State University. She is currently studying the temporal and spatial gene expression of arena viruses, as well as investigating the seroprevalence of SARS-CoV-2 in companion animals and white-tailed deer. Thanks for talking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Hannah Murphy, and I'm a PhD candidate in the Comparative and Molecular Biosciences program at the University of Minnesota in St. Paul. Great. And can you tell us um, when you first became interested in science and then virology? So uh, I first became um, interested in science at a pretty young age, I think in elementary school. Um, well, my parents told me that I asked for a microscope for Christmas and they got me one. And so I think really my love for science uh, stemmed from around that time period. And then also my love for animals. Um, I wanted to be veterinarian originally. That's not how my life played, turned out, but um, I just really loved animals and wanted to help animals and people. So at a young age, I started to love science. As far as biology specifically, um, it was in, so I went to um, college early as a high school student. So in Minnesota, we have the post-secondary education option in um, Minnesota where you can go your junior and senior year to, of high school to um, college and get your credits that way. Um, so in undergrad, while I was in high school, my love for biology was um, started in my microbiology class um, where I like, I didn't know that things like that existed. That was my first experience with biology. And I was like, this is really cool. And then on top of that, I had a super awesome instructor, Renee Geyer. She just like fostered my love for biology and that was it. <laughs> Um, and then can you tell us a little bit then about your past since then? So how did you get into graduate school? Um, you know, how did you choose the school? How did you choose your lab? How did that work out? Yeah. So I grew up in Southern, in rural Southern Minnesota, and I did my undergraduate degree um, half at South Central College, which was a two-year school where I did my PSEO. And then the other half at Minnesota State University in Mankato, where I had, uh, where I got my um, bachelor's of science in biomedical sciences and chemistry. Um, and there my undergraduate research was looking at the role of hypertension and glaucoma, and then the vascular changes that happen in a spontaneously hypertensive rat model. Um, so that's, that was my route for undergrad, but then, um, so I got involved with undergraduate research, and then I also worked at um, a company called Coloplast in their research and development lab. So I got some more um, lab experience there. But then after I graduated, I started applying to graduate school programs that were related to infectious diseases. 
and um, the Comparative and Molecular Biosciences program here at the University of Minnesota was my number one choice. And um, I kind of stumbled into Dr. Hin Lee and Dr. Yu Ying's lab um, because I love, well, there's a book that um, inspired me to love hemorrhagic uh, fever viruses, specifically like Ebola and Marburg, Marburg virus, but uh, the book, The Hot Zone by Richard Preston. Um, I wrote that in my uh, graduate um, essay, my graduate application essay. And um, Dr. Lee and Dr. Liang, they study arena viruses and we have a model for Lassa virus. So I just found, I, I stumbled into what I loved. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first. Um, so I guess um, once you found your lab, can you tell us a little bit about your lab and then maybe talk sort of like big picture, what is the question you're trying to address in your thesis, and then maybe some of the techniques about how you do it? Yeah, so the Li Liang lab studies arena viruses, so specifically Pachinde virus. And we use Pachinde virus as a model arena virus to study Lassa virus. And Lassa virus is a pathogenic hemorrhagic fever that's endemic to West Africa. Wild type um, arena viruses, um, Pachinde is bisegmented, but we have a trisegmented system where we took the short segment of um, Pachinde and broke it into two so that it would have two multiple cloning sites where you can enter genes. And so we use that viral back vector as a vaccine to help um, develop vaccines against different types of pathogens, including influenza, TB, HIV, and now SARS-CoV-2. But um, my research is a little bit different than most of the people in the lab. Most, um, most everyone study, you know, they do um, vaccine studies in mice, and then they look at the immune responses that um, happen because of um, both um, vaccination and um, challenge with different viruses. But my thesis research focus, focuses primarily on the regulation of arena viral gene expression, both temporally and spatially, which there isn't much known about that yet for arena viruses. And when you say spatially, um, I guess temporally people can kind of imagine like over time during the infection, but what do you mean by uh, spatially? So um, arena viruses, they, um, their life cycle takes place in the cytoplasm. So um, basically um, I wanna know when genes are being expressed at what point in uh, where in the cell it's taking place? Is it near the Golgi? Is it near the mitochondria? And then also like the complexes of the different proteins coming together at what point in time and space are, is this all happening? And then kind of how assembly is taking place for the new budding virus. Right. And what are some of the techniques that you use to study that? So I do a lot of confocal <laughs> microscopy. So um, in order to do that, though, you need to make your proteins fluoresce. So we do a lot of uh, molecular cloning, putting in reporter genes into different proteins or fusing with um, the viral proteins and then um, doing confocal microscopy. Um, I'm also going to start doing some live um, cell imaging with a confocal microscope. 
Um, we also do some RNA scope, which um, is like putting little flags on your RNA and then watching that um, it's a uh, process as it goes through the cell. Um, Western blot, <laughs> I do a lot of Western blots to make sure that uh, my proteins are being expressed correctly. Um, trying to think of other things I do. A lot, I do a lot of cell culture too. Those are my main uh, tools right now. <laughs> and then um, I guess, uh, how far are you into your graduate career? So I passed my prelims and now I'm going, I just ended my third year. So I'm going to be a fourth year student here. Soon. Okay. So how has the last two and a half years of the pandemic affected you? You were very early on in your graduate career. What's it been like for the last two and a half years? So there was a period of time in the beginning where the COVID pandemic really slowed our lab down for a while. Um, we were kind of in limbo while we waited for our PIs to get the right documentation that would allow us to shift from more arena virus based um, work to then COVID-19 work. So some members of our lab um, worked and are currently working on some COVID-19 vaccines. Um, and then during that time, um, I studied some SARS-CoV-2 protein interactions. And then additionally, I started um, studying the seroprevalence of COVID-19 in companion animals, which were brought to the University of Minnesota's Veterinary Medical Center. Our building is conveniently attached to um, the Veterinary Medical Center. So we have access to a lot of samples that way. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to work with the Minnesota Department of Health um, to screen white-tailed deer in Minnesota for COVID-19. So overall, the pandemic um, shifted our research focus, but we were able to still work pretty much through the entire pandemic, unlike a lot of labs. Um, so really the pandemic mostly affected the focus of my research and then my ability to see family members and a social lab, a social life outside of our research lab. Right, right. So can you, that's interesting about the wildlife. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the seroprevalence uh, studies that you did? Yeah, so um, like I said, the, with the companion animals, um, so dogs and cats are brought into the clinic and then for whatever routine procedures they have, um, usually they take some blood. And so, um, we got the discarded samples after, um, they were done using them in the veterinary center. And we wanted to know if, well, in the time, um, this was all starting in the time when people weren't sure if our pets could get COVID-19. So, um, we started asking that question. And as time has gone on, it's kind of progressed into, um, so I looked at, we looked at samples during um, the early phase of the pandemic, which would have been March of uh, 2020 in Minnesota anyway. And then, um, then we looked at the late phase, which would have been the fall of 2020 and then the winter of 2021. And we wanted to know in Minnesota, there's a surge, uh, there was a surge of, um, human daily cases in humans um, in the fall and winter. And we wanted to know if there was an increased um, seroprevalence in our pets as well, since we're spending so much time with them, uh, especially in the winter. 
So that was um, the research I've been working on with that and what I'll be presenting at ASV. Also going to be talking about the white-tailed deer research um, at ASV as well. But um, that was also, that's, that work started at the same time when we started hearing about cases in Ohio and Iowa, and we wanted to know, okay, what about Minnesota? We have a lot of deer. So that's how that so, but I use a, a, an ELISA to screen um, serum, serum samples. Oh, well, that'll be, we look forward to hearing about those results. Is it a talk or a poster that you're presenting? I'll be doing a poster. Okay, great. Should be interesting. So I guess to finish up, um, you're sort of a little bit early in your career, but any thoughts about sort of what you want to do next? Are you interested in going into academics? Do you want to, are you interested in industry? Do you have any thoughts about that? So um, I come from a family of teachers. My parents uh, are college instructors and my grandparents taught uh, elementary school and high school. So I'm gonna be a teacher naturally. <laughs> um, I, would like to do, I would like to be a college professor and um, focus on teaching. I love teaching other people. Okay. So are you interested in teaching microbiology or do you think you'd also have sort of like a small lab? Uh, what do you think? Um, I'm leaning towards a smaller lab. I think the U of M university level is a little intimidating and not necessarily where my heart is. I, I want to focus on teaching the majority of the time and less lab work. So maybe a small lab and the majority. Right. Yeah, I, I think people often, uh, I guess, have projects that undergrads can help them with, you know, sort of things that are less, um, you know, animal models, you know, this kind of a thing, but more tissue culture or molecular virology or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything um, as far as sort of the pandemic, like other than sort of your family, was there any other effect on you? How, how has it been sort of like being a virologist during the pandemic? Oh, there's a lot of, so as a virologist, I had a lot of people coming to me for advice. And I'm a new virologist, so I'm like, well, <laughs> let me do a little bit of research so I can answer your question. Like, so I was an interpreter for a lot of my family. Um, it was also hard in the pandemic to see, um, like, I know what the research says, and it says that masks are good and they help people. But then to see so much resistance against masks was frustrating. And um, yeah, so... The resistance against scientists, I can see that increasing, especially during the pandemic time. So that's unfortunate in my opinion, but um, hopefully we as scientists can um, overcome that with better communication and um, education. All right, well, thanks so much for talking with us today. And we look forward to hearing about some of your SARS work and uh, good luck on the rest of your thesis. Thank you, and thank you for having me. This has been Let's Meet the Virologist, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackray, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podbean.com.